Well, hello, this is Wake Up With KC. I'm Kimberly, and today I have some questions. And you know me, I love history. I talk about it on my podcast. And there's key elements and truth in history that isn't even talked about or discussed or even in our education system. And today I have a special guest Sylvester Boyd, who's a historian, an author, an actor, and a race relations expert. And he joins me today. Hello, Sylvester. Welcome. How are you, Kimberly? I am doing great now that you're here and we could talk about history, my favorite subject in the world. My favorite subject also. So let me ask you something. I know you wrote a book called Road, The Road to Money, and it's a three-part series, and it weaves in elements of history and music and so much more from, what, 1917 to 1968, which was the year I was born. Tell me the journey and what inspired you to write that Okay, uh, money, the road to money, uh, it's a sort of a funny title. People think financial money, coins, dollars, and cents. This is not about that at all. It's about the small town uh, on the river, uh, and uh, my aunt and all my folks came from there, and it's in Mississippi. And uh, a very interesting historical event took place there. Uh, in the year 1955, Emmett Till, a young black boy from Chicago, was murdered in uh, Money, Mississippi. And that was the beginning of our civil rights movement. That predated Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks, 1955, early 1955. It, it was the spark that sort of lit the candle for the civil, ignited the candle for the civil rights movement. Wow. Um, That's... And you were part of through hearing your family's stories about what was going on in those times. Yes, uh, my uh, my my aunt, my book, The Road for Money, is a 
three part. I thought I could do it in three parts. It's going to be four parts now because uh, my publisher wanted me to go to another part because there may be some movie or some other things going on with the book later on. He wanted to get it all the way out to four parts, which uh, at the point where my aunt passed away. Uh, basically, uh, it's a three-part series right now, and each book covers a certain time period. The first book uh, will take you from 1925 to 1937. The second book will take you from 1937 to 1955. And the third book will go from 1955 to 1968. And the fourth and final book, which is I'm in the process of writing now, will take you to the uh, 19, uh, excuse me, to 2009. So that's a long time period. Uh, my, my aunt passed away at the age of 91. So a lot of life and she was quite the lady. I bet, and I can only just imagine the stories she told you. And, you know, in that process of you writing these series, what, what did you discover and realize? I discovered that uh, truth because it wasn't only my aunt who uh, told me stories. My grandmother, I sit at my grandmother's knee when I was a young boy and uh, she was the love of my life and I was the love of her life. And uh, it was a, a relationship that I never thought would be put into a book or at that point in time, I was just a kid and you know, but it was all there. She used to describe the town and she described the people and the things that they went through and how things happened back in that time. I didn't live in that time. I'm, I'm old, but I'm not that old. And uh, <laughs> it, it was very, it was very interesting. I mean, for, we'd sit there for maybe 20 minutes, an hour every day. And uh, we did talk about things that happened. She was very religious and we went to church every Sunday, of course. And my aunt went to church every Sunday, but, uh, the fascinating part about it is how it connected to every part of what I know today. And I'm a historian that likes to put it in real context, not just to put a lot of words on a page or a bunch of dates. That means nothing. The time. I want to feel the people. I want to feel the place. I want to feel the music. I want to taste the food when I write. And so therefore, I try to write with all those elements all the way through my books. I don't want to just write about uh, this so-and-so did so-and-so at a certain time. What did they eat? How did they dress? Where was, what was the uh, community around them like? So that's the, that's the way I write. I, I try to keep a sense of who, what, and where at, at all times. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to uh, travel the world, so I get a real sense of cultures and foods and architecture and all those things that go with it. That's impressive. And you discovered history in other parts of the world and the culture and everything. What did you realize and discover in other, other parts of the world? Uh, well, when we, you know, I've been blessed. Okay, I'll say that unequivocally. I've been able to travel ever since I was at the age of uh, 12 years old. And my aunt took me to Niagara Falls. And uh, at that point, that was the beginning of my travels. And she's right important, right? Right away. Um, one of my books talks about the trip. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, across the Rainbow Bridge in Canada. And it just it ignited in me a sense of, of wanting to know what was in the world around me 
why do things work? If you notice the book, uh, the first book is a journey to find why. Why are things the way they are? Why what makes them happen mm -hmm. the way they do? And, and uh, you know, being a historian, I, uh, I specialize in several branches of history, African-American history, but also studied uh, military history. Uh, and I study other cultures, history of other folks. You know, I'm African-American, but uh, I know as much about the Native American, the, the true American, the people that were here when Columbus got here. I know as much about them as I know about African-American history. Uh, I also studied uh, Asian history, it just everybody's history, because we're all connected. We're all members of the same family. Now our problems are, that we don't admit that, that because of uh, advantages and fear, we tend to go down a road that is very dark. And we have as a nation done that. Uh, one of my biggest problems with history when I first started, uh, you know, what was taught to me wasn't jiving with what I saw. We were mm -hmm. saying all men are created equal with certain and inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I turn around and I find there were people, my people and other people who were enslaved and the rights were taken away. So how can you write right away? We got a big conflict in my mind. Uh, so that's kind of draws me into really deep thinking what, why, and where, why was this? Well, it was simply for exploitation of labor, free labor and uh, the South needed the uh, labor and Unfortunately, my ancestors had to had to bear the brunt of being in the cotton picking machines of the time, and that made the South very rich. The economy of the of the America, this this nation, was built on the backs of the minorities. We're treated the worst and not given what we should do. And until less until this this I, I say unequivocally, until we go back and say where lies were, correct them, apologize. We're gonna keep going down a dark road because that's a dark path. Uh, history is full of, you know, if, if you look at America, not only to the African-American, the Indians, uh, the Native American, the folks who are American, the true American, the people who waved to Columbus when he got off his ship. Columbus did not discover America. That's another big falsehood that we teach our children. Yep. Uh, Columbus, how can you discover it? Be like somebody coming to my house and said they discovered it. I'm here, I'm sitting in my house, and someone says they discovered it. Now, if you want to say Europeans discovered America, you'd be accurate. But uh, mm -hmm. Columbus did not, there were Indians and tribes uh, that had been here for thousands of years before Columbus. I think those people came across the land bridge. At that time, there was a, a connection between the United States and uh, around Alaska and into Russia and, and up in Asia, uh, which uh, with the Bering Straits, and that's what it was. It was froze over for a while. People couldn't walk across it at a point. Uh, so we don't know that. We, an Indian tribe, extended uh, from the tip of, of Alaska all the way down to the South American continent, all the way to Chile and all the way down. There were different names, different tribes, uh, but basically the same people. Um, they fought their wars, they had their conflicts, but those were the Native Americans, they were the true Americans, the Apache, the Navajo, the Cherokee, the Blackfoot, the Crow, the Pawnee, I can, and I had to, I had to courses where I had to name all of those 
tribes and know where they were located. If somebody said an Iroquois Indian, I know he's up in the eastern part of the United States. If you said the sitting bull and red cloud, I know he was the Plains Indian, you know. You had John and uh, Geronimo, and it just, you know, it, it fascinated me, the Chata in the south of, of the U.S. And so, you know, those, the learning that I had, I wish I could impart that on every student in America, because our, our history at this point is false history. It's history of full of omissions. It's full of uh, misstatements. It's full mm -hmm. of, you know, and we have to come to grips with that because we're teaching generation after generation after generation, not true history, but the history. I write a book, I'm an author, and I put the characters in place that I want in place in my book. And so our history is sort of like that. Uh, our right. history has been basically based on what white America sees itself, okay? Um, when I was a kid, I used to say, wait, Santa Claus is white and the Easter Bunny's white and Christ is white. And we <laughs> went, and I'm saying, wait a minute, whoa. And I didn't see any white, black in my time. I didn't see black mannequins in the store. I used to play with Lionel trains and all the little kids in the advertisement were white. So we that's whitewash history. Well, being a historian, mm -hmm. I'm able to dig back and find out, hey, all of this, I took a course called History's Omissions. Very fascinating course. Another fascinating wow. course I took was called The Great Religions of the World. And boy, is that you know, so those courses in being able to travel uh, was fascinated me. And, and I've been very, very fortunate enough to be able to do that. Not everybody can do that, but everybody can pick up a book and see what they see around them and then see how that compares. If right. when, I, when I look at a television program, if there's no black characters, there's no Mexican characters, no Asian characters, what are you telling me? It used to fascinate me that we had Tarzan and he was in Africa and most of the people were white. I didn't understand that. So I was always one who would question. I would always question what people, you have to tell me something, then I have to go and say, okay, is that in my eyesight, what, what, what I see is true or not? And not enough people do that. We Most people follow a, a, just a straight line of what their parents tell them and what the society around them tell them. They don't get beyond a certain geographic area, a lot of folks don't. And they have, you know, you have to open your mind to let truth in. It won't come in if you close mind. And you know what, that, I'm, I'm so glad because you're like already answering some of the questions that I was gonna ask you anyway. Uh, but the one thing that caught my attention just now is would you agree that, you know, through generations, it's a limited belief and mental programming that you should believe this and do this and, and whatnot. And it gets even in the education system, they want you to think one way, not think for yourself or outside the box. And, you know, dare if you do, you're ridiculed and judged for thinking differently. Well, yeah, uh, we don't think differently. People who do not know history will repeat history. That is one mm -hmm. of my favorite lines. They will repeat it every time. I'll give you an example. World War I was fought in the year 1917, 18, the last pandemic, as a matter of fact, with, along with the Spanish flu. Uh, mm -hmm. Then 20 years later, 
because of some things and the way Adolf Hitler saw things and when he was a lieutenant or, or, or a corporal, excuse me, a corporal in World War I came to World War II 20 years later. There was a 20 year interval before we repeated the same mistake. The same mistake. It was the same elements went right mm -hmm. back into it. As a, as a matter of fact, I think he had uh, people surrender in a very car, uh, uh, railroad car, uh, that uh, was part of uh, what he wanted to do to humiliate people from World War One. So we have to learn that number one, we all human. I belong mm -hmm. to the group of biologically call it homo sapiens. That's my family. I'm a subset and I have a, you know, I'm African-American, you're European-American, if you check your lineage. But now if you start really checking into it, you probably got some of me in you and I got some of you and me. That's the way yes. it works. And that's truth. I mean, when you speak truth and that's a fear, I think that's one of the biggest fears we have that people will uh, different groups will mix with one another. It's been happening ever since the end, beginning of time. That, yes. you know, we, but we don't, there's a fear in America that, that, that's a big, that's one of the biggest fears. Another one is there's certain advantages in keeping certain groups down. Uh, you know, some of our income inequality comes from uh, what people get an advantage of doing. If I can get you to work for $2 an hour, and I get the, the fruits of your labor, I'm gonna be very wealthy. We have people uh, that are wealthier than whole countries in America. You know, it, it's ridiculous, it's preposterous. The system uh, is, when you think about it, really think about it. We have people talking about not paying people $20 an hour, $15 an hour. In this economy, and things are going up, we don't have health care insurance. We don't mm -hmm. have, that. I've been to Europe, Hey, when you get sick in Europe, you're pretty well taken care of. We make excuses in America and say, well, they got this, they got it. No, they have a better system. Admit it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go to Europe. You can go to Canada, our neighbor to the north. You get sick. Yeah, you, you don't get a bill, astounding, astounding bill that will bankrupt you as a family. We, we ha They have a better system. I've been to Copenhagen, Denmark, the same system. So being able to travel, to compare, to see, I'm, I'm blessed to do that. Uh, but we just don't in America admit the truth. The first thing we should do as a country, and I've always said that, and I may not live to see it, is admit that slavery was wrong and we were totally wrong. That's the first thing. Apologize to the group that you have hurt. We haven't done it. Apology doesn't cost money. It just says we were wrong. Your ancestors will uh, be wrong forever because it's something that happened in history. It's one thing about history that's real funny. Once you do something, it's forever. You can't yes. erase, I can't erase yesterday, but we mm -hmm. can't go forward recognizing the mistake I made yesterday and correcting it. And America has had a problem correcting that problem, uh, correcting that situation. They haven't said, okay, we made a mistake. It wasn't a mistake, it was terrible. It was a bondable. We did something that was wrong. Now you have to say I was wrong. White America has not come to that conclusion. I haven't said a, a president of the United States stand up in, a, in the House of Representatives, the Senate, or the White House and say America was wrong. The resolution is passed and we were wrong. We did a great injustice. Then you have to compensate people. 
then you didn't get your riches from your your labors as you might think or say or you took it at the barrel of a gun the indians were here what happened <laughs> you took their land and not only did you take your land you actually walked them in a trail of tears across the country because you wanted the land that was fertile in the eastern part of the united states uh that's history that's real and until we come we keep denying real i always say Europeans tend to go down the river to Nile. It ain't the one in Egypt. It's the one that's in your mind that we mm-hmm. didn't know who we are. The country would be much better off if we took all of our racial groups and got the best from everyone. If we became, for many, one. But mm-hmm. for some, we resist that. We, we tell tales about people who were great. It, I had another thing about, I'm going to do a book. I'm going to do another book on images the images that we get. Uh, think about it. Uh, World War II, when you see heroes of World War II, how many war movies have you seen and, and have you seen Mexicans or African-Americans or Native Americans? They contributed to the war. One of our, some of our most decorated groups were Japanese Americans. We were fighting Japan. That's history. That's real history. Uh, there's some of the Indians, Native Americans, they had a, a language, the Navajo people, I believe. And they were code talkers, and they couldn't break their code, so they used them as code talkers. Uh, the African Americans who weren't supposed to be sophisticated enough to fly airplanes had the most distinguished record, the Red Tails, the Tuskegee Airmen, had the most distinguished record in World War II, uh, one of the most uh, it just gives me goosebumps, their record. They were put, uh, after the bombers were going across the, to, to the ocean and, uh, and coming into the area of Berlin and, and going through some heavy ground fire. And also they were getting shot down by the, uh, the uh, German plane. And they were getting pretty well chopped up. And they, they had the uh, red tail. They, they painted the tails red because they were a black group. And they wanted to distinguish themselves from everybody else. And so they, then, never, they never lost one bomber, not one, that they escorted. And that gives me goosebumps. That was my people with a weight around their neck and excelling beyond, beyond. Uh, so, you know, and that... You have. I have a sense in America. I love America. My my question is, does America love me? I have no doubt. Black people and Mexicans, everybody loves the country, but does it get coming back? Is is there this this white wall that we put up? Basically, lies. There's a lot of lies, or a lot of misimages, or a lot of things left out. And so we have to come until we come to grips with that. We're going to keep having things like we have going on in our country today. The, the trials Mr. and tribulations. Well, I, I I just believe that it's history repeating itself, just different time period. And you're a historian. You even have an understanding about ancient civilization that yes, goes sir. back 450,000 years. Yes, I do. But we're, we're taught so small-minded. I don't and think we... Yes, I agree. We have to wake up. Uh, you know, when you look at the civil, well, okay, look at the civil rights. You're talking about history. Uh, in 1955, in my book, I talked about Emmett Till, and yet the same thing, this, this, the marches, the demonstration, people saying this is wrong, this is wrong, 
And we, we got the same thing going on today. If I close my eyes, I would think I was back in 1955. In other words, Martin Luther King March for and John Lewis March. And now we're still marching. So when will the marching stop and the truth start? That's my question. Yeah. Uh, that's a big question until America answers that. If you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same thing. And what you do is build more. And here's, here's one of my favorite words, respect. Because if you respect the other person, you're going to get respect back. If you disrespect per another person, you're going to get something called resentment. And it's natural if you do something to me. Your minorities in this country resent white people to a large degree. They might not say it, they might not state it, but it's resented. It's, I know that I went to a high school. My background has been something tremendous there too. I went to all white high school. Had the best time and the friends that I formed to this day, we have reunions and they're, they're buddies. They, they, we, we on the internet together, a small town in Michigan. Uh, but I also went to all black high schools and also went to mixed high schools. And not high school, but in my career, I went to all black, white, and mixed communities because we lived in near Chinatown. And then my folks moved from Chicago in the housing project to Michigan. And my folks bought 40 acres of land. So they took the advantage of living in the low income district. And my stepfather actually built a house cash money, week to week, brick by brick. And when they moved in, they didn't know any money. That was getting ahead of the system. They moved me from Chicago because they didn't want me and my brothers and sisters to be exposed to some things. And they exposed me to other things. My aunt exposed me to the world. She also exposed me to culture, plays, King and I, you know, Porgy and Bess, we went to plays. So, but the, the thing is, can we as a people learn that every human being wants basically the same thing? They want to be happy. They want to raise their children. There's nothing different about me than, than anybody else. You see my color, okay. Guess what? I you just never... got a darker tan than me, that's all. <laughs> yeah, I've never, seen, I've never seen clear people yet. Have you ever seen a person that you could see through? Every individual on earth has a skin color, a tone. Mm -hmm. Every animal on earth has a skin color, a tone. And it's only an adaptation to the climate that you originated in. Caucasians are, are, are white, coming from the Caucasus Mountains. I think that's where we get that Caucasus, that Caucasian thing from. And my ancestors are dark. Okay, that's an adaptation to our climate. That's all it is. Uh, you don't want to be sunburned to death if you're, you know, a blonde in the Kalahari Desert. You got a little bit of a problem. Yeah. And <laughs> if you're dark as me and you're in, in, up toward the North Pole, you got a little bit of a problem either way. When you see a when you see a polar bear, he's white, and there's a reason. A snow fox is white. There's a reason for that. Okay, but the brown bear is in in the, in the warmer climate, so it's not. It, it's that man has got this system. It's totally wrong. It's totally ugly. And it will never straighten out until you woke up and say, okay, this is not quite right. That's why we have trouble with policing today. I, mm -hmm. I think the police are great. Uh, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with police. There's something wrong with the system and there's something wrong with the racist policemen. 
the, the, the policeman that does their job, he's worth his weight in gold. Mm-hmm. I can't say enough about it, to put your life on the line for your society. But I cannot say enough about the evil police that take any excuse to shoot young black men. And here's my question. You say it's not racism, but why is it always young black men that get shot? Why don't young white men get shot? You know, well, here's, 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 here's something that I find interesting is there is white males that do get shot, but it's not spoken of. You don't hear too much about it. So my thing is, why not? If a, if a person gets shot, then it should be, this person got shot through a bank robber, whatever it was. But it's so emphasized on, to me, you know, the blacks. Now, I've, there is somebody that did a statistic study. He goes, whites are just as much as the blacks. It's more male than female. But yes, but it's not talked about. Why is that? Well, that's because we have been, as a group, black males have been a threat to white males. Let's just put it out there like it is. We're a threat. We're a threat to you. The, the white man. Why? Is down <laughs> why? And, and, and why? Uh, basically, because we came number one coming across the ocean. If you read my book, you'll see I start out with dedicating my book to the, the, the folks that way before me the, in the belly of slave ships. Uh, why? Because he wants to be the dominant. He wants to rule. He likes power. You don't have to look at it. Look at our Congress. We just starting to get a few women and a sprinkling of black people. The Congress, when I was a kid, was dominated predominantly by white males. If you look at the uh, the structure of America, is dominated at the top of that structure is white males, and he's fearful of losing that power. He don't want to share that with, with an Indian or, or a black man or 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 uh, whatever. He wants the power to control, and that can lead to it's going to lead to problems, and I think they'll get more severe. What happens is when you take a spring and you compress it, and you keep compressing it, one day it pops, and that's not a good place to be. Uh, that's just mm-hmm. real. I mean, that's real. And I think the fear is he fears us because one day if I if I come in and I have a, a, a pet dog and I kick it every day, one day that dog's going to bite me, and I think that's where the mm-hmm. fear. That's where the fear. It will. If we keep doing what we're doing, we're headed for something that we don't want to see. I think that because of the power, and you've had, I think, 401 years or something like that since the African-Americans landed on this shore. And the Indians go back thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And you keep doing things to other people. The only thing, if respect. I respect my wife. I've been married 42 years. I would never lay a hand on her no matter what she did. It ain't my job to raise her. She's a human being. I have respect for her. I may be stronger than her, but I'm not going to do that type of thing. It's just it, because I have that respect. What happens is in America, we have not respected our minority population. And not just in America. There's, you know, China got a problem with uh, folks over there that they got in camps and internment camps over there. Uh, I can go around the world and I can give you, <laughs> it ain't just us. It's, it's the thing, lust of power and the love of power. That's one of the things. So then racism comes in to, to bolster that and say that that is right. Uh, in order, slaves were supposed to be three-fourths of a human being. 
that was to justify the fact that slavery was wrong and you knew it. So now we got to say, okay, well, these are humans and we're doing this. Well, now we better make, why can, why can we just, oh, they're three fourths of, they're not as human as us. That's crazy. It, yeah. you're, playing, you're actually at the point of playing God at that point. You're saying one of his creatures is less than you and he made everyone human. That, that's down here as a homo sapien. And, and that is because when you talk about the, you know, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights in 1776, if you think about it in those times, it was really only white males that got the vote, got to go in the office. And then, but the population census was they added okay for every five slaves you three counts for the population census but women didn't vote they didn't have a right to speak it was only men so when you said at the beginning you know equality for all men they were going with those times so my suggestion is why not rewrite the whole thing to where it fits into these times where all beings, all, you know, mankind is considered equal. Well, you know, you said white men. Yeah, you left out the word. No, land, uh, man, land, mankind. Land. Yeah, but you said. Human. Yeah, I, know, I know what you're saying, but I'm saying landed. That means white men who own land. Landed white gentry. That's the way some things are rented. Uh, so uh, you, you got to remember that women is not it's not just men and black and white. Women have been totally mistreated in this country. As uh, mm -hmm. I'm concerned, they're 51 percent of the country population wise. But they what power do they have? I mean, we're starting to get there. We're taking little baby steps. We should have done some of this years ago, way back yep. when they, when they were talking about the, the suffragettes in the 1920s. But there's a resistance. And now, coming coming fast forward all the way to right now, we got a state in the United States, Georgia, where a certain party lost power. And it was basically Southern white conservative males who lost power. Now they want to change the dynamic of the vote and maybe do something that would destroy the country. Because without the vote, there's no democracy. Simple as that. And uh, do we have what well, we got to make a, a real good look at? Are we a, a country of, of a democracy or are we a bunch of hypocrisy? We're going to have to take a good look at that. And, and we're being forced to do that, not so much because we want to. The pandemic, we didn't ask for that. Population change, we didn't ask for that. Climate change, we didn't ask. There's, some, there's a power that is bigger than us that will force us to the right pocket. You will go there. Screaming, kicking, if you got to go there, screaming, or you can go there, it's only two roads. The population of the world will be more brown. There's no way you're going to get it. I've seen, you don't have to go far. I just got back in Cuba. I've been to all the islands down in the Caribbean. I've been uh, to Venezuela. I mean, I'm going to enumerate all the places I've been. But I find brown people as soon as I leave the shores of America, boom, you're down in the Caribbean. And those folks, if you go to uh, uh, any of the places in the Caribbean, uh, Cuba, I find them to be mostly brown people. If you go to Barbados, brown people. If you go to uh, Puerto Rico, brown people. That's right on our shores, right? The world is changing. But 
why is, I don't dislike white people. Why do you dislike me because of my skin color? I sh no one should be a killer accountable. It doesn't make you smarter, richer, or anything. Well, it does in America and some other places that you're richer because you have certain advantages that are huge to that skin color. Not because you're born. Everybody comes in this world the same. Nobody picks their parent. I ain't seen nobody says, oh, I'm going to be in, that's going to be my parent. I, I didn't pick mine and you didn't pick yours and no one has ever done that. So anybody who was born of one race, just think I could have been, then I could have been a born uh, Asian. I could have been white. I could have been any number of other, but why should I mistreat someone that's born of that? So it's, it's right. foolish. This race thing is foolish, but it's beyond foolish. It has the power to destroy a country. It definitely has that power. And right now, if you hold some of your people back, you hold your country back. To the portion of people that you hold back, if you hold 25%, that's say, we, I think it's more than that, but that's say 25% of people minority, you hold them back. You're holding back 25% of your scientists, your future scientists, you're holding back 25% of your, your workers, you're holding back. So you can't, you can't teach history without making white kids not know history if you take my history, if you take the Indian's history from him, because there's only one thing about history is true. Real history is true. Now we have revisionist history, and that's what we teach in America, revisionist history. We teach things that are untrue, and the mm -hmm. next generation got the same thing going on with them. Well, they believe that same lie that was told before. And so we keep mm -hmm. that lie. Going, instead of saying, okay, wait a minute, somebody, some generation has to say, okay, let's get this together. We're all Americans, number one. We're American. I'm an American. I was born here. And ain't nobody going to tell me that I'm less of American than the next one because my folks built the White House. My folks, they've done a lot. They, they picked the cotton. The Spanish people, they picked the tomatoes. So when you sit there and tell me that my people are lesser, you got you got a big argument coming. And I will break it down to you who and what and how you are. So don't even bring that to me because I think you'll be embarrassed when I get through with you. But it's not about that. It's about living in a country together in peace and harmony and love. That's what it's about. Yes. So would you agree that throughout history that it, it's like love sponsors fear then fear sponsors love love sponsors fear and it just keeps going until we could finally say wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute this happened so long ago it seems like we're repeating itself so what do we do how can we change that and especially with the education system about our history i think you just put your you just put the finger right on it education. You have to educate the next generation. If you teach them that Columbus discovered America, that's a falsehood. That falsehood will keep going on. If you mm -hmm. teach, teach them that African Americans are lazy, that falsehood will keep going on. So the teaching, the school, I've been a teacher in my lifetime. Uh, so, you know, I know what the classrooms look like and I know what the curriculums look like. I've taught elementary and high school. So I know what we're getting educationally. And it's not the best. Uh, mm -mm. When you think about it, the whole system is set up because 
you go into a neighborhood and everything is based on the income from that neighborhood or from that district. And I don't care in the United States, it's all mostly set up that way. And so if you base your tax basis all based on where you live and where you live gets the better schools because they got more money. A poor district don't get the money. Here's the way you correct it. I have corrections for a lot of things. I'm going to do a book about correcting means that the money goes into the state and the only way you get a different uh, value is the number of school the students that you have in a school the heads you count the heads and that each child is worth so much and that's universal from one side of the city next you don't have a, a suburb where everybody's a vice president of a company naturally you have a better school they're going to have a private school you have to equalize things a lot more America runs is built on inequality, not being equal. That's what it's built on. And that if you now you have a situation where the workers are getting kind of upset with that. We kill the unions. And so people are smothering and trying to keep down wages. Why would you want to keep down wages? Then we don't want to pay $15 an hour. That'll make the prices go up. That's the that's the argument I hear. Well, it will. But it also makes the prices go up when the vendors tells McDonald's that they have to pay more for hamburgers. Nobody says anything about that. So labor is just another ingredient in, in running a business. I was a businessman also in my life. For 20 years, I was a businessman. And so I get a, a, a sense of the economics of the country from, from that. And I sold my, I, was, I started the company. It lasted 20 years. And I sold to some of the biggest companies in America. So. You know, you I've been able to do things that, but I look at where we, how we treat the the general minority, the people who don't have as much as me or not weren't as fortunate as I am. Those are the people I'm concerned about, because for America to succeed, we have to treat all our people fairly and equally. You can't have billionaires at the top multi-billionaires now. It used to be a millionaire. That was a big deal. Now you got to be a multi-billionaire. What would you do with that amount of money? Why does it accumulate to one? Because the taxes are not structured right. The poor people, it's on the backs of poor people. Uh, corporations should pay a, a very much higher rate than what they're paying. They should be made to share in the wealth of the country and the prosperity mm -hmm. of the country, but they should also feel the pain of the country when things happen. We put too much into military. I got nothing against the military. Matter of fact, I got a daughter that's an army officer. Well, she's retired now. But, you know, why do we put so we put more into our military than the next four or five major company countries? Why is that? That takes what do you get from military? You get security and we need to secure our borders. We need to defend ourselves. I agree. But to make the, the, the thing that can be the next thing that can be deadly than the next thing that was deadly than the, that goes on and on and on. And we and what do you do? You could build a school with what you bought five tanks for. You know, we take away from your security in one way and you put it all in military. We should never get to the point that we have to use the military. We shouldn't get to the point where we have to use police officers. Police officers should be the last, not the first. We say more police officers make us safer. Well, that don't work because look at what we got. It don't. More, what makes you safer is providing for you the welfare of your citizens to uh, being able to teach truly and be equal to everybody. 
that makes you safer. We spend money uh, uh, patrolling the streets because people are demonstrating. That's taxpayers' dollars. Wouldn't it be nice if those people didn't have to demonstrate? That would yeah. make the economy a lot, lot stronger. So we waste as much as we, uh, we waste much more money in America than we should. Military, uh, we hope we don't have to use the bombs and the rockets that we got. I, I pray that we don't. So, but we spend a lot of money on that. So hopefully in the future, we'll get to a place where we uh, have good manners, good respect, good morals, good character, common sense, trust one another, have patience, have class, have integrity, and love each other. That's my thing. A lot of people say I should be a preacher. I don't think I want to be a preacher, but I just know what's right. Right is right. It'll always be right. My grandmother used to say, if you plant a crooked seed, you'll get a crooked plant, which will produce crooked fruit. Slavery and some of the things Ooh. we've done, crooked seeds. Now we got the crooked plant that's bearing our crooked fruit. That's sort of some of what the way I was raised. And she had more sense, and she only had an eighth grade education. I think, no, sixth grade education. She had more sense than I got. <laughs> and I got degrees. So, you know, it, wow. everybody is, should be valued. There's no, I can't see anybody that should be not valued. I don't, I, everybody from the, from the beggar on the street, and we got a homeless problem. And every time I mention something, there's a whole thing that comes behind it. You know, we take care of homeless people. Because what happens with the homeless people, they're on the street, they become diseased, infected, they go in a public restroom where you go, you go 10 minutes later or sit on a public bus, and now you got whatever they had, the flea or whatever it is. It comes around in a circle. You can't get, around, get away from it. Yeah, I do agree with you, Sylvester, that if, if everybody's basic needs were met, and if you wanted to go, you know, do a little more fine and dandy. But if everybody's needs were met, housing, food, and things like that, just the basic needs, I think it, it would be fair to say that everybody would get along more. They would, you know, it, 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 something, the energy, something would shift. But it's like, like you were saying with, you know, the military, you know, some government and then you know corporations and how are wasting money when it's like and I know it's in other parts of the world too but if we can all just come together and say you know what enough's enough we need to put back into you know mankind and help lift them up because I I'm a believer of you know, in order for me to be success, I got to help you be success. Correct. You know, be a leader, but you also got to be a team player and help lift other people, you know. And I thank you so much. I love hearing stories about history from people like you. And I look forward to the fourth book coming out. And how can somebody reach out to purchase one of your books? Okay, you can uh, reach me, uh, you can see my whole background at boydbooks.net, B-O-Y-D-B-O-O-K-S, 
Net. Now everything's there. My movie. I didn't. We didn't get into a lot of things. I've done. I've done movies. I've loaded aircraft. Uh, you know, it's just a whole bunch. Life. To me, I've always. Uh, I was taught that the world belongs to me, and don't let anybody get in your way. That 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 doesn't have a good reason to be in your way. And uh, that's the way I was raised. This is your world as long as you're here. And that's. And I love uh, being uh, able to talk to young kids, being able to talk, talk, also a motivational speaker. So I can get into schools and I talk to people and tell them, hey, don't, you know, you, uh, and I've had people come back and tell me, you know, some things you said, maybe change some things I would have done differently. Have a kid to come back and you, that you taught or adult who was down at a, a point and you said something in, a, in a, a conversation you had with them, that is to me more valuable than money. That's more valuable than money to be able to help my fellow man because I'm not going to be here forever. And while I'm at my grandmother, you say we're all just passing through. While I'm passing through, I want to leave the world a better place than I found it. I agree with you, Sylvester. And thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to having you again in the near future. We can talk some more history. Well, thank I you. I love talking history. I can do it all day. <laughs> My favorite thing. Okay, thank you. Thank you for.